It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Ooh, what's that sound? That is the sound of what we're going to be talking about today. I like that sound. How did it taste? (laughs) It actually tasted pretty good. I haven't had a sugar-free Red Bull in a long time. I'm on to Celsius these days. (laughs) The real crack. The real real crack. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't think I was ever a Red Bull drinker. I think maybe in college I had a few vodka Red Bulls, but after one night of coming home and like feeling like my heart was going to jump out of my body, I was like, no, I'm done. So today I'm going to taste a Red Bull. Yeah, I've never seen you drink a Red Bull. You're like a really health conscious person. That's actually really good. What flavor is that? The peach edition, peach nectarine. Does that one have calories? Yeah, 110. I can't do that. I like the zero cal. It's just like something psychological about the taste for me. It's like when it's not no sugar, I can feel the sugar sitting on my teeth. Just like Diet Mountain Dew? Yes. That's why I hate regular Mountain Dew, but I can do Diet Mountain Dew. Can you feel it rotting your insides? Like you feel it on your teeth? My insides are legit. Like they're covered in plastic. Like someone's being could be murdered inside my stomach and like just it's an easy cleanup because it's just plastic. Oh my God. She is like embalmed. (laughs) Well, okay, Red Bull. Red Bull All it is. All right. So not only did I bring you one of your old faves, yep. I think I may have conquered the Will It Stick podcast mission. I didn't even know we had a mission. <laughs> I didn't either until last night. Okay. So today we were talking about Red Bull, of course, but I chose to talk about Red Bull because Red Bull is quoted across the internet in so many sources and now being quoted by me as have created one of the best PR and marketing stunts in history. What? Like yeah. the top, the best, the, top. the most I mean, amazing? I tried to, I Googled it a hundred billion times and it kept coming up. Best in history, best in history, best in history. Hmm. So wait, I'm going to start off talking about the stunt first because okay. I'm like, I woke up this morning just like wired. Pumped. Wait, so is it one stunt that gets all the attention or is it a compilation of all the things they've they, done? One, one stunt. stunt. Okay. Okay. So I would have to say they are also, in my opinion, the best they have created and they continue to create the most amazing marketing stunts on a daily basis. Wow. So we'll, we'll get into that, but okay. let's let's first talk about this. And then when you hear the numbers, you're going to agree because what? The numbers don't lie, right? No, numbers, Data are, tells numbers everything. are where it's at. All right. So either does this very important book that I always talk about. Do you know what book I'm referencing? Wait, what? Say that again? The numbers don't lie yes. and either does this very important oh. book. Okay. There's a book that doesn't lie. The Bible? No. <laughs> What do I always, if we're like brainstorming some type of PR marketing stunt, I'm like, let's do what? I like literally can't think of it. Break a Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, a Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. Yes. I mean, 
Like to set a Guinness Book World Record would be so freaking cool. It would Like be. to have our name in the book. There was actually someone in Phoenix who did it this weekend. I saw on the news. What did they do? Um, I can't think of it. I'll think of it randomly. It was a restaurant. Oh, Macayos. Okay. So Macayos is a local Mexican restaurant that's celebrating 75 years in Phoenix. And they created the world's biggest, I think it was a chimichanga. Oh my God, how big was it? I mean, it was huge. Like, I have to Google it. it. I feel like it was like 25 feet, but maybe I'm under, under like valuing the size. I don't know. It was big. That's, and it was all over the news this weekend. Oh my God, I can't wait to look. Yeah. So I, a little history about the Guinness Book World Records. Me and my brother would, I don't think we actually had the book, but we would watch on TV like these shows about mm-hmm. like breaking Guinness Book World Records. And so we would come up in our backyard, like, let's break a Guinness Book World Record. And it was just like stupid shit, like jumping off our treehouse or whatever, lining up the most Hot Wheel cars. I don't even know. And my mom would just laugh at us, but we'd have so much fun and we were so obsessed with it. And I think that's why I got so excited about this is because Red Bull, not only did this stunt in particular break one of the craziest Guinness Book World Records, but I mean, they they do this like on the daily. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So... I'm going to start by telling you about this stunt and why I think it is so insane. And it was really hard because last night I did so much digging and it was like hard to pick one, but this obviously was the best stunt in history. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I had to talk about it. Yep. All right. So not only did the guys at Red Bull brainstorm this stunt. They spent over $30 million and seven years in research and development planning it. What? Yeah. I don't know many companies that would dedicate that amount of time and that amount of dollars to brainstorming or executing a PR stunt. Is that insane? That's insane. Okay. So, and they enlisted dozens of engineers, psychologists, technicians, NASA, the Air Force. I mean, everyone was a part what? of this. The Air Force? The Air Force. How do you just like hire the Air Force? I mean, they just like created boards who wanted to be a part of this because this stunt is so insane that it also has been, there's a whole museum around this stunt. I need to know. Say the damn stunt already. Okay. On October 14th, 2012, Red Bull was going to launch a man in a helium balloon 24 miles in the sky and have them make a free fall jump over Roswell, New Mexico. Wait, hang on. Let's break this down for a minute. Okay. Red Bull was putting a dude in a helium balloon? Well, not in the helium balloon. Wait till you hear more. They were going to use the helium balloon to launch him, like a legit helium balloon, to launch him 24 miles in the air and break the record for the longest skydive. The lo- Oh, so he was going higher than like an airplane could drop him? I don't understand. I mean, he touched the edge of space. Legit. What? Yep. So they recruited Australian paratrooper and professional daredevil Felix Baumgartner. He was known and as his name. He sounds just like, and his name was Fearless Phoenix Fearless or Fearless Felix. Felix. I mean, I love his name. So during his 25 year career, Felix had made over 2,500 jumps. He's jumped over like two of the tallest buildings. He's flown across the English Channel, propelled by a carbon fiber <laughs> wing. I mean, this guy is fucking insane. I would never want to be married to him because I would 
probably be dead. A hundred percent. Is he married? He's married. Like, how do you, how are you married to someone? How are you? How do you have a family? You have a ginormous life insurance policy and you just are. Does anyone insure him? They must. They must. Okay. So this was the guy, but guess what? What? Like all planned marketing stunts, something went wrong. Of course. Something always goes wrong. Something always goes Either wrong. Either a popsicle melts or there's a giant line and you have to cancel it or, you know. Something. something. So this team had invested in like so many precautions. I mean, they they did test runs. They did, they put them in a wind tunnel, fighter pilots and astronaut trainers, psychologists, you name it. Over the seven years, this guy was in the most intense training. And he was prepared for this challenge. And they were ready to help him test like anything that he needed to test before they were going to do this. Because this is the most risky stunt in history. Wait, real quick. I have to understand this. For seven years he prepared. Was this all he was doing for seven years? He didn't like do anything else? How did he make money besides, like, did they pay him enough to for him to dedicate seven years of his life training to this? I don't know. I think he did other things, but it didn't really say that. Oh, you know, wow. crazy. It depends because I think he needed to continue like his adrenaline rush to yeah. continue to get there. But I'm sure Red Bull had like some stipulations on what he did because if they were investing this much money, he can't die. No. Like he cannot yeah. die. But not only did they have that legal team dedicated to this stunt, they had like calculated risk assessors. They had psychologists like all on standby. Mm -hmm. And before they did their first test, they let Felix know, you know, like there's a shitload of risks with this. Like, like you could die. Well, not only you could die, here are the risks. If the capsule or his suit lost air pressure near the peak of the ascent, the thin atmospheric air could make his blood start to literally boil. What? And that wasn't the worst risk. If the spacesuit also lost air and he began spiraling out of control and his body couldn't take it during the free fall, his blood would begin to shoot out of his eyes. Oh my God, that I cannot go there. Let's leave the blood part out. I know, but get this. He knew all these risks and he was like, I'm still in. I can do this. He was ready to roll. So the morning of, so everyone's ready. They're going to do like the last test before they go live, like on air broadcast. Everyone knows about this. And they're all driving to Texas to do the test. And all of a sudden, Art, who was the head engineer, gets a call from Felix. Felix. And guess what Art Thompson heard on the other line? I That he quit? I don't know. That he was at the gate, ready to board a plane to go back to his hometown. <gasps> he was backing out? He was backing out. And he said, look, Art, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I'm like on a plane. I'm going to board a plane in 20 minutes to Austria and I'm out. I mean, as he should. This is a horrible idea. But holy shit. I mean, Red Bull, $30 million. Yeah, Engineers, seven years of your life. A life is worth more than $30 million. Okay, but what do you think happened? I think he did it anyways. That was all fucking a stunt of a so stunt. Mr. That was the stunt of the stunt. But Mr. Art, okay, do you think he notified Red Bull and no, like the Mr. team? No, Mr. Art was like, hey guys, I'm a fixer. I am going to handle this. No one's going to know any difference. So Art, just like, I don't know what car he had, but he had some speed racer, probably a helicopter with Red Bull. And he heads to LAX and he buys a ticket and he runs to the gate and he like grabs Felix. And he's like, dude, you, you can do this. are not leaving. And after a long talk, Felix is like, man, I just got to like 
I gotta go home right now. I'm freaking out. I can't do it. So he goes home and he doesn't tell Art at first like why he needs to go home. And Art's like, I did everything I can. Art's freaking out, doesn't know what to do. Can't tell the legal team, can't tell the team yet. He gets a call as soon as he lands. And guess what he says? I'm in. I can't do it because I'm claustrophobic. What? And get this, during all these tests, they put him in a wind tunnel. They put him in all of these different things. They never put him in the spacesuit. <gasps> so this, so he was claustrophobic from the spacesuit. Yep. And he was scared. He's like, he was ready to roll, but he said, I can't do it. This morning I woke up and I'm like, I cannot get in the spacesuit. I'm scared of like being confined. It freaks me out. I can't do it. That's the one thing he's afraid of, of all the things. Yeah. <laughs> not blood boiling, not blood shooting out of your eyes, not just like straight up dying. No. Just claustrophobic, okay? Claustrophobic. So he goes back to Austria. They give him a little break and they call him back. And they're like, Felix, we got you. We have the most amazing plan. And he says, all right, I'm in. So he comes back and he shows up and he's like meeting with NASA and the Air Force and he's like ready to go. And they look at him and they go, no, actually, we've now decided that you, you are unfit to mentally accomplish this goal. Because apparently NASA, I don't know how this got missed, but apparently NASA and like to be an astronaut or a high altitude pilot, the first test is they put you in this pressurized suit and then they leave the room without saying when they're going to come back just to test you if you're going to freak the fuck out. <laughs> right? <gasps> Crazy. Then... They switch off the cooling systems and watch you through heating cameras. So like, not only are you in the suit, it's hot, you're claustrophobic, and you have to survive because anything can happen in space. Oh my okay? God. Then the next thing they do is they put you in a box, a small dark box for 24 hours and see if you can survive. This is fucking horrible. I know. So they're like, this guy Felix never did any of these tests. He's not fit. Right? Well, of course. They should have tested him like everyone else. Yep. But guess what? The big wigs at Red Bull were like, NASA. He's fit. <laughs> Screw you, you guys. NASA. What the hell do you know? How much money you got? I got more money than you. <sighs> so they brought in a clinical psychologist who specialized in cognitive reconditioning. And guess what? They it reconditioned him. Reconditioned him. And they were ready to roll the dice. And it's crazy because, I mean, they broke their main rule of launch. You know, you always need to know that your spokesperson has the right stuff to deliver, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything, everything needs to check out. So at this point, they'd invested seven years and nearly $30 million. And they're like, you know what? We, we're just going to go with it. But, okay, I'm sorry. I just want to back up real quick. What if he had died? How bad would that have been for the brand? Was it worth that risk despite how much money they spent and despite all this? I'm assuming... This goes off without a hitch. I don't even know, actually. Yeah. So on October 14, 2012, he rushed to Earth at supersonic speed, 24 miles from Earth, before parachuting the ground. And guess what? He was Red fine. Bull nailed it. I mean, this... I mean, it would have been a huge risk if he died. I have no idea what would have happened. What I'm if sure blood they had was spewing out of his eyes as he's falling down to the Earth, lifeless? Like, how that would have been horrific Horrible. for the brand. But get this. This stunt had 8 million people watching at one time across the world, like watching, ready for this. Was like, it live on um, like national live on television? YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. And, and national television, like, like live. What if he had died live? 
It would have been crazy. It was carried on 80 different TV stations in 50 countries. It was streamed by 280 digital partners to more than 52 million viewers and generated 3.1 million tweets. Wow. That's all, I mean, it makes sense. I probably did tune in or I heard about it. I honestly don't remember. I mean, it's so insane. But not only did this stunt like deliver on Red Bull's brand promise and cement like that slogan, Red Bull gives you wings. Yeah. Like it killed the ROI. Well, what was the, like, did it increase sales? It increased sales by $1.6 billion. What? So they In invested. What time period? Oh they my invested gosh. $30 million yeah. and made $1.6 made 1.6 in the U.S. Yeah. So in a full year, global sales rose to $5.2 billion. In one year. In one year. So but I, I guess it was the risk that guy dying for $5.2 billion. I mean, I'm sure his family would have made out. Like if he died, I know, that but money. I like a life, who cares about the money? But Melissa, think about this. This guy is so clinically insane for, that he like, does this. He literally... Everything he does, I'm sure he's like, if I die today, I can die doing what I love. I, I if I die today, I died what I planned and I tried to reinvent. I, I mean, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like he's a risk. This is like his, this is how he is fueled to live is by taking risks. But like, that's a big fucking risk. And I can't even show you the video because I watched it so many times last night that, and then I watched it again this morning on my stomach and Wes sat next to me and you know how freaked out he is. He hides. He's like, oh no, 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 no. That is wrong. <laughs> but then you see like NASA, it's almost like this space shuttle lunch. Like NASA's watching on all the screens. The, everyone in the Air Force is watching. Everyone's like ready. And then he lands and it's just like tears. Like everyone just like, it was epic. But do you think like, what does it look like on NASA's end when they're like, seriously, another freaking brand is calling me. They have all this money. They're like putting someone's life at danger. Like how many times do we have to put up with this? And like, they're like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I just, I would love to like be in the room when NASA gets that phone call from Red Bull. Well, the cool thing is, okay. So not only was this to do a stunt and to break a world record, the capsule that they created and the spacesuit that they created was actually like revolutionary, I mean, purpo- revolutionary yeah. and purposeful. And like I said, there's a whole museum about it. Hangar 7. I found a ton of stats on there. And just how cool that it revolutionized like man's ability to be able to be like in space, in space really. Yeah. Right? And the video, he's legit at like, he's looking down on earth, like at the edge of space. And a helium balloon took him up there. That's Cash's dream. Oh my God, I know it is. Your son is a weird obsession with balloons. (laughs) Weird obsession. Okay, so before we get into a little bit more about Red Bull stunts, I just wanted to tell you like what this daredevil can teach you about fear because I think he might be able to help you. (laughs) (laughs) How did I know you were going to go here? I don't know. But Is this like a therapy session all of a sudden? Yeah, we turned to like, I don't know what doctor is like the therapy session. But okay, so, you know, he did that cognitive behavioral training, right? Yeah. And it, like the article talks about how cognitive behavioral therapy can help you modis- modify dysfunctional emotions and behaviors and thoughts by questioning and unproving the cause of negative or irrational beliefs. So when I read this, Are I was you calling like, me dysfunctional? No, but I think you have some dysfunctional <laughs> beliefs. 
Okay, I'm fierce. Like, so I'm convinced if we like, you can read this article, and then I was looking like, what kind of psychologist can I contact? And then like, (laughs) oh my god, Dr. Amy Saren, she can make change your cognitive beliefs about like fear, and we can like do some of these stunts together. No, thank you. (laughs) One of us needs to be the rational, grounded person, and if fear makes me rational and grounded, I will take it. But like. Come on, like, couldn't you imagine, like, launching you and I, myself like, into space? No, like, no, no, no. That's a little too far. That's a little too far. Okay. But like, <gasps> serendipitous stunt, like Lex and Melissa in like this rocket suit, and I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know what the stunt would be for, but it would be cool. Okay, go on. All right. <laughs> okay, so again, why I chose Red Bull? I think they're just like a badass company, and maybe in another life, I can be the stunt, or we can be the star of their stunts mm-hmm. once you get that training. Mm-hmm. But for now, I guess I'll stick to my boring life of not jumping out of planes and wearing wingsuits. But back in the 80s, Dietrich Mateschitz stumbled upon a syrupy tonic drink in Thailand that was used by locals as a little pick-me-up. Oh, I like that. I like that little pick-me-up. You know, Dietrich, he just reminds me of, like, both of us. And despite being told that, like, no one liked this drink and it was disgusting, (laughs) he was like, I don't care. I need something new. I am going to take this drink. And he came up with this logo, which was, everyone told him, horrible. Like, horrible name, horrible logo, horrible slogan. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to run with it. And guess what? He ran. He ran with it. And he turned it into a global success. And he's actually credited for launching the energy drink industry. Wow. Is, was Red Bull the first energy drink? Red Bull drink? was the first energy drink. I knew they were the OG because they're just the best. The rest, I mean, Celsius actually beats them in my book for taste, but Red Bull is pretty good. And just, I mean, the brand, okay? Really, the brand's amazing. And like I said, he's a lot like us. He has a badass office. I mean, his is shaped in the form of two volcanoes with a herd of bulls spewing out of it <laughs> instead of lava. Oh, it but- looks real similar to our, our office, Alexis. He has been determined as hell since the beginning. He trusted his gut and stood true to his mission since the beginning. And he's always wanted to resist external influences. So he never took money from outside sources. Like he always just reinvested his profits to grow his company. He is just like us. Just like us, because he's like, no one's going to tell me what to do. Yeah, screw I'm sorry. your people. Remember, everyone told us we were stupid for starting our own business when we were like 25 and 26. Yeah. So for the first 15 years, he really took like barely any profits and just kept reinvesting, reinvesting. And of course, it paid off. Yeah. I mean, Red Bull, it is the most, it, it's well an iconic known. energy. It's an iconic beverage. And it's just so, it's tied to every sport, extreme sport, flying. I mean, it's insane what they've done. And the crazy thing is not only, I told you he's like us, but he got his start as a toothpaste salesman, going door to door selling toothpaste. Didn't you use Tupperware? I know. And then one day he was like, man, I'm the top of my game, top of the toothpaste sales world. I need to start something new. He went on a trip to Thailand, started Red Bull. Ah. What do you know? See, that's like my Tupperware adventure. I was like, I'm done with Tupperware. I'm going to start serendipit. And then you went into every MLM known to man just on the side. So today, Red Bull operates in 170 countries, selling 7.9 billion cans annually, Holy. and they're still growing. Wow. So they have Are s- they publicly traded or are they privately held still? Um, privately held. Good. That's what I like. So I'm, I just have a lot of appreciation for that. I don't know why. So they have 16 flavors, which 
that's why I got this peach one. I'm like, I've never seen, I mean, I, I've seen a couple different colors, but I didn't know they had 16 different flavors. Yeah. And they've had 22 discontinued flavors. I think I knew they had quite a bit. I've seen, seen them, but interesting. So, and above all, their people remain the essential ingredient to bringing Red Bull brands to life. Mm-hmm. So in Austria, more than 2,000 people representing 60 different nationalities work together to grow the brand every day. Like, what a cool stat, right? So cool. And wait, did you say Austria? Austria. Remember, we were on the Austrian charts. Oh, for Apple yeah. Podcasts. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I almost applied for a job last night when I was on their website. <laughs> oh last time I checked, you own not only one company, but like another potential startup. Like, you have a lot going on. I know. We have a lot going the on. The jobs looked really awesome. And I was like, to work in that place with the bulls coming out and like the water. You're just going to leave your husband and kids and me? I mean, it crossed my mind last night. But- <laughs> I didn't do it. Don't worry, I didn't apply. Because I was like, oh, shoot, I'd have to have a resume. And then I just... You don't even have a resume. No. But Red Bull's marketing approach is so incredible. It has allowed them to continue to innovate and grow because they're not focused on promoting the energy drink. No. They're content marketers. They are promoting adventure as a lifestyle. A lifestyle you can only dream to achieve. Exactly. They're focused on this brand being associated with this distinctive lifestyle and distinctive audience. Like this isn't for like Susie Homemaker. No. I mean, Unless like Susie Homemaker <laughs> wants to freaking zip around her house like a crazy psychopath. Or jump off a building in a wingsuit. Yeah. Like no, she goes from apron to wingsuit. For sure. I mean, actually let's. Cool. That new is, audience. Red that's Bull? a great show. We should invent that as a show. But, but no, Red Bull evokes emotion. Their whole job is marketing emotion that they want you to feel. They're not marketing the drink. Yeah, it's crazy. And the coolest thing that I found too is they don't like dictate global strategies, which some people say is super inefficient and they could save more money because if they had like, okay, one strategy, one strategy, like, okay, we're going to sponsor Formula One in every single country. Uh We're going to do this. No, they customize it, localize localize it. it. And they Mm want to empower each team to like innovate on their own. So they give them their own budget and they just say, look, you got to stick with the mission. Red Bull, we would be honored to be one of your U.S. partners. Honored. Well, do you remember back in the day yes. we were? <laughs> we weren't a partner. We just, we had Red Bull as a sponsor essentially for one of our clients, right? And it was so fun. I remember it wasn't a huge event, but I felt so cool putting it on. We put together like a wakeboard rail jam yeah. in the parking lot of- Of a sport ski chalet. Yeah. And it was all to promote a student housing brand. And a lot of these students would go, you know, buy stuff for the lake at this or like to go snowboarding at Mm -hmm. this store. And we had a DJ, we had a host. I mean, it was so fun. I was like, this is my job. Like, this is so fun. Yeah. That was the beginning. That was the beginning. It was so cool. So not sure if you know, like they are so many stunts. Like I said, I think Red Bull probably executes one of these insane stunts on a daily basis across the world. So it was so hard just to find which one I would cover. Mm -hmm. But anything you read about, it's like there's the top five. So I'm just going to highlight the top five. And the crazy part about this is, I'm telling you, I tried to dig on the research, but all I can say is the amount of media coverage that each of these stunts garnered was insane. I don't have the actual number, but but you can go 10 pages deep and still see a different news source. And I bet you that was their main KPI. Like they, of course they increased sales, but like they knew by doing these off the wall, insane stunts, 
they were going to generate tons of media coverage. And that means all this new exposure to their brand. It's so funny because my kids, again, they watch all these Red Bull, like crazy dirt biking shows. And they, we went into 7-Eleven the other day and they're like, I want a Red Bull. Oh, and yes. I was like, yeah, yeah in your no. wildest dreams, you psychopath. I'm like, your heart will pop, pop out of your yeah. body, dude. He's like, oh, I didn't know that was, that was that. But he recognized, like he could associate the Red Bull logo. With like doing cool shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it works. Yeah. So in 2004, Red Bull actually purchased the Jaguar Formula One racing team from Ford Motor Company. And they've been an active like owner slash sponsor since then. Okay. And not only was that a brilliant strategy, they purchased the team. And so they actually use that as a revenue generator. So last year they generated $10.3 million alone from their Formula One ownership. Wow. And it actually, it didn't show they actually took a profit But it was smart because they ran so many marketing dollars through that ownership. For sure. They're so crazy. I mean, they're smart. They buy companies. They have strategic marketing approaches to buying those companies. And, you know, Formula One has really been an extremely successful partnership and ownership for them. And in 2013, they decided to use that ownership and do a stunt. Okay. So Sebastian Vettel won the Formula One race and post-race, instead of like, you know, his touchdown dance, he celebrated by doing like crazy donuts on the track. (laughs) And everyone, like fans went wild, YouTube viewers went wild. I mean, it was insane, the amount of social media coverage. And the people on the track come out, stop him. That is not okay. That's like, you don't do shit like that to show off. So he was actually fined 25,000 euros. And Red Bull paid the fine. Well, of course, Red Bull paid the fine. But <laughs> not only did Red Bull pay the fine, they're like, shit, how many people got so excited about this and like it just blew up across the internet? Let's do something a little bigger. Ooh. So they decided to take Mr. Vettel's The car. world's longest donut? No, the world's, what is it? No, get this. They took his car, flew it to the world's tallest building and most like the most luxurious hotel in Dubai dropped it on its helipad, and had him do donuts on the helipad. Oh, my okay. God. You know the risk of that? Like, oh. to stay in that circle? And the crazy part is, if you watch the video, like, all these, like, it's 1500 a night to stay there. So everyone in Dubai is looking out the window because the hotel actually goes a little bit higher than the helipad. So basically, like, the people in the penthouse are, like, are looking down. Are dressed, like, having dinner and, like, drinking their cocktails and look down, and they're, like... <laughs> Oh, shit. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Insane. So, I mean, again, the media coverage on that stunt was phenomenal. 10, 15 pages in, still unique sources. Oh and, my gosh. And Red Bull was like, yeah. So they're like, oh, that's race. just the start. Here you go. Another one that was really crazy, and I actually remember, I couldn't remember if we were actually friends during this time, but in 2008, Robbie Madison, he's like this crazy dirt biker, and he had jumped off buildings 50 feet tall, like leaped up buildings. He decided, Red Bull decided to sponsor the New Year's show in Vegas, mm-hmm. and he just, he, he was going to accomplish this stunt from leaping 96 feet to the top of the arc. Day Triumph in Paris. Oh, wow. 
like on the Paris Hotel. That's insane. Do you ever, do you remember watching that? No, I, we were friends already because we were just starting Serendipit, but we weren't, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. So it's so crazy because his fiance is sitting there at the bottom, like just holding her hand, like praying for her, her fiance and he takes off and he makes it oh like God. 96 feet in the air, lands on the top of the hotel. The crowd goes wild. Like, obviously, in my mind, that's way better than the ball dropping. Like, that was so fun. People oh, are, yeah. like, excited. But then he had to come down. So he's, like, circling the top of the hotel, and he has to free fall and then land. And oh he lands God. it perfect. He just broke his thumb. That's it? He broke his thumb. Oh, my God. Crazy. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Okay, last stunt, and then I will close. A couple years ago... In 2019, Red Bull, you know, there's all this talk about aliens and this supermoon event. So Red Bull decided to launch a few gentlemen off one of the tallest skyscrapers in LA. What? And they launched them in white wingsuits with flares. So if you look at the video and they like, they leaked it to the media that they said they're, they're UFOs breaking her. <gasps> and it looks like UFO, like meteors going down because it's the flares. <sighs> And it's these dudes in wingsuits. And the, again, it just was like worldwide news of these guys in wingsuits. And they land at the bottom. This is crazy. I mean, it goes on Does and on. Does Red Bull have external? They must have agencies. I didn't really get that. There's a ton of marketing jobs on their website. But you know what the crazy thing is? Again, just I follow their content. I think it's amazing. But originally, when we remember Red Bull, how it got its start, because I thought they were famous for this. Remember, they were so creative. They'd have those cars and they would just like drive up to events and pass and out product. And there'd be cute girls with cute Red Bull backpacks. Like I remember at every event I went to, I remember walking down Michigan Avenue in Chicago, being at the mall. They would just be giving you Red Bull. Yeah, but they, they don't talk about any of that today. Like in the research, like I was trying to figure out what their marketing strategies are. They don't even talk about their street teams. It's all about content marketing. But that's how they got people starting to taste it. Because they had to, if the, I mean, the taste is an acquired taste, I would say. Yeah. And I think they just had to get it in everyone's hands. So they, that's why the street team was so effective in the beginning. And the cars. Like, I feel like I remember yeah. wanting to be a Red Bull girl just to drive that little car. Was it a Mini? It was like a converted Mini or like, yeah. I don't know, something funky. Yeah. So... In my mind, I mean, Red Bull is just a phenomenal brand. Good thing I didn't apply because they would have hired me, I know, <laughs> on the spot. And I am, I have a follow-up episode because one thing you didn't ask. What? Has there been any deaths from uh, these oh, stunts? I actually was just about to ask that. I'm not even kidding. Okay, there has been a significant amount of deaths from the stunts, and it was really sad. One of them was actually the owner's pilot for like <gasps> 10 years but he committed he wanted to do this crazy like airplane stunt and he and like he had to watch him die and it didn't affect the brand negatively none of the stunts. i mean what they say is like this this is people's purpose they want to do things of the extreme like They're it's extremists. not like no one's forcing them like they yeah. red bull partners with extremists they don't push them it's like the extremists come to red bull and they're like i want to do this mm -hmm. and red bull backs them. And I'm sure, like I said, I wish I could know the amount of like legal dollars, legal team they have to support this insurance infrastructure. policies, insurance policies. Insane. Yeah. I mean this, it is, I love it when a brand takes risks and not just like random risks for attention. Like they're all so perfectly aligned with 
the brand's mission and like the emotion they want you to evoke when you think about the brand and like they want to entertain you. I mean, it's so perfect. I mean, they're all in. And the coolest thing, they haven't changed. They haven't no. changed their logo. They haven't changed their brand. They haven't changed their mission since the beginning. And this this guy's like, I'm holding strong. What was the, do you know what the first stunt was? Like, how did they get into stunts? Did you find that when you were digging? No. That'd be interesting to look into. Like, I, I'm so curious. If it started in the 80s, right? Yeah. What is like the first thing they did? That I mean, actually, like- I, do, I don't know the exact one, but it was all around aviation. Like, they mm. did a ton of stuff. Like, one of the big ones that I was going to talk about is gliders. They did like a, a man-to-man transfer and jump from oh, wow. a glider. And mm-hmm. you know gliders have no engines, right? Yeah. So for someone to be that calculated to fly not only together, but for a glider to flip upside down and perfectly align with the other glider and not crash or, you know, change wind speeds. The one passenger got up, got on the thing and flipped over on the glider and then parachuted off. Wow. So a lot, I mean, he was really fascinated with aviation. So a lot of the early stunts were all around like, you know, airplane stunts, things like that. Cool. Oh, this one was so much fun. I know. I feel like I want to go like do something crazy. I don't. But you want to ride the dirt bikes around the neighborhood? (laughs) Oh, we can do that. That's not too crazy. Okay. Um, But I'm kind of bummed I just chugged a whole Red Bull and that that means I can't have a Celsius today. I will kill you if you have one. (laughs) Okay. So let me just cite some of my sources. The wind behind Red Bull's wings was like, phenomenal article. It was awesome. Better Marketing's Red Bull's 30 million marketing stunt almost didn't happen. Gave me a lot of dirt on Mr. Fearless Phoenix. Felix, I'm sorry. (laughs) Say that 10 times after you you had (laughs) a Red Bull. Bull. (laughs) And then New Atlas, the five best Red Bull stunts. And then really, if you're interested in like space aviation and air flight, check out Hangar 7. Super cool website. It's it's a museum. Talks about all of the innovation and, and how you can actually see this spacesuit and capsule in person. I love it. That was a great one, Lex. Thank you all for listening. I hope you're inspired to do something crazy today for our full sources and all the images. And I know there's lots of videos Lex wants to share. Go to willitstickpodcast.com. We'll also be posting on Instagram at willitstickpodcast. And we would love if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those really help us a lot. And just subscribe wherever you listen. And comment on our post the craziest thing you've ever done. Or the craziest thing you want to do that you're scared to do. (laughs) Okay, peace out. Bye.